Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Wednesday. It's the 1st of November. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. State and federal officials have confirmed bird flu has hit a third commercial turkey operation in northwest Iowa. The facility is in Buena Vista County and had about 30,000 turkeys on site. Another turkey production facility in Buena Vista County was hit by bird flu two weeks ago. On October 23rd, officials announced birds in a commercial turkey operation in neighboring Pocahontas County were being euthanized after bird flu had been detected there as well. A nonprofit organization that provides water to a portion of northwest Iowa received a boost that officials say will keep things flowing for the future. IPR's Sheila Brummer explains. This week, the Biden administration announced that $7 million in infrastructure money will go to the Lewis and Clark Rural Water System to finish the final phase of a water treatment plant in Vermilion, South Dakota. Can't get water to Iowa if we don't have a treatment plant. That's Executive Director Trey Larson, who says the ongoing drought has shown the vulnerability of water sources across the region. If you don't have good quality water and have it in an abundant level, your community, your water system is going to suffer in the long run. The cities of Sioux Center, Hull and Rock Rapids already get their water from the Lewis and Clark Rural Water System that serves communities in three states. Sheldon is expected to go online in November, Sibley in 2025. Iowa Hawkeye head football coach Kirk Ferentz says he respects the chain of command, even if it means his son and offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz is coaching his last season. The decision comes as the Hawkeyes' offense sits at the bottom of the pile, both compared to its own history and compared nationally. The decision to make this his last season also comes during their fall season, right as the Hawkeyes prepare to take on Northwestern on Saturday. Kirk Ferentz says his approach has always been to evaluate players and coaches in the postseason. In season, we've got a lot on our plates, and, um, you know, that's just kind of been the nature of it. It's been that way probably since I got, got started full-time in 81. You know, there's just not enough time in the day. But when asked about the decision to end the contract with his son, Kirk Ferentz says he is focused on the games ahead. The Hawkeyes are 6-2 and two this season. The University of Northern Iowa will be collaborating with four other schools to address climate change in Alaska over the next four years. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer reports that's only the beginning. The university has received a $13.9 million grant from the National Science Foundation to research the social and economic impacts of climate change on the Aleutian Islands' indigenous population. Professor Andre Petrov is the director of UNI's Arctic Center. He says most of his scientists' work will go towards goals beyond the initial grant. So we think of this project not just like a one big thing that happens in four years. We really think of it as a foundation for a long-term collaboration and long, long-term study that creates low local capacity. The main problem in, in the many communities is that they don't have local capacity to study what they want to study. The UNI group will look to recruit, train, and educate research team leads from local populations as part of a workforce development initiative. In Iowa City, University of Iowa leaders broke ground yesterday afternoon on a quarter billion dollar building that will eventually be home to three of the UI's most popular and top-ranked programs. It'll house communication sciences and disorders, including audiology and speech-language pathology, 
Health and Human Physiology and the Carver College of Medicine's Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation Services. And Iowans can now download a smartphone app that can be used as a digital version of their driver's license at businesses across the state. The Iowa Mobile ID app can be used to verify a person's age for purchasing alcohol and tobacco, as well as for identification at certain TSA pre-check checkpoints at Iowa airports. The app is now available for download on both the Apple App Store and on the Google Play Store. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Water sources in agricultural areas across Iowa and much of the Midwest often show high levels of nitrate. Federal standards require drinking water to stay below 10 parts per million, but a growing number of studies suggest lower levels of nitrate could also be tied to serious health issues. IPR's Natalie Krebs has that story as part of our weekly series on questions of water quality. It was the middle of January in 2011 when 16-year-old Jacob Peters developed a bad cough. Doctors initially diagnosed him with an upper respiratory infection, but when Jacob didn't improve, his father, Gary Peters, says they started feeling around his son's neck. And then they ordered a chest x-ray and found a three-inch tumor right below his collarbone that was compressing his trachea. Jacob, an active, healthy teen who played multiple sports, was diagnosed with an aggressive type of cancer. He passed away less than a year later while undergoing chemotherapy. The Peters family lives in Aurora, Nebraska, a small rural farming community in the central part of the state. Gary says in the years surrounding Jacob's illness, multiple kids in Aurora were diagnosed with cancer, which was strange because childhood cancer overall is really rare. An average class size in Aurora is probably 95, 90 to 100 kids, somewhere in there. And so when you have seven kids at one time that have cancer, that's a pretty big deal. Gary says it's unclear what caused all these kids to get sick, probably a number of factors. But one possibility continues to bother him. What if it's something in the water? There is no scientific causality. There is no proof that anything in the water is causing this, but it's awfully suspicious. About a decade ago, a team of researchers at the University of Nebraska Medical Center started looking into this possibility of a connection between water quality and pediatric cancer. They looked at rural Nebraska watersheds. They found a correlation between pediatric cancer and higher rates of nitrate from farm fertilizer, as well as an herbicide called atrazine. Eleanor Rogan is a public health researcher for the ongoing study. She says it's noteworthy the watersheds that correlated with higher cancer rates often had nitrate levels below the U.S. EPA's current safe contaminant level of 10 parts per million. So that's what leads us to say, well, maybe this 10 isn't such a great idea. It should really be lower. And other people have found the same thing. The nitrate standard was set decades ago to prevent blue baby syndrome. Even so, it is common for farming communities across the Midwest to have elevated levels of nitrate that still meet federal standards. Recent studies have linked nitrate with other health issues like colorectal cancer and thyroid disease. But Mary Ward, a senior investigator at the National Institutes of Health and a leading expert on nitrate, says it's still too early to make any firm conclusions. 
we really need more ongoing studies to study this connection between nitrate and health, um, including specific cancers and adverse reproductive outcomes. The EPA has started to look into this issue. Nitrate is scheduled for a health reassessment that could lead to a lower standard. The agency initially slated that study for 2017, but put it off. Dave Swartney is an environmental health expert at the University of Iowa. He's concerned officials aren't acting fast enough. I will say I worry a lot, like if in 15, 20 years, the evidence becomes more conclusive and we realize that things like nitrate do cause cancer with certainty, uh, we're going to feel really bad about how long we've sort of had an inkling and not acted on it. Meeting the EPA's current nitrate standard is already difficult for many communities. Reverse osmosis systems that filter nitrate from water are incredibly expensive. Experts like Don Coulter are also concerned about this aspect. He's a pediatric oncologist at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, who's involved in the ongoing nitrate study. The problem of nitrate, whether it's at 10 parts per million or if the EPA decides to lower it to 8 parts per million or 6 parts per million, that problem is going to be sent on then to those small communities who are going to have to absorb the cost. Coulter says that's why it's important that officials put resources behind helping rural communities and farmers to make drinking water safer. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News. This story is part of an IPR News series looking at questions of Iowa's water quality 10 years after the state adopted its nutrient reduction strategy. You can go back and read or hear other stories in this series at our website, IPR.org. And you can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. This is Here First. I'm Clay Masters.